Thank you for joining us for Be Our Geek, where everyone is a geek about something and where we cover your pop culture landscape through our geek lens. We are, of course, broadcasting from the Twin Cities Film Fest studios. I'm Miss Shannon, joined by my uh, podcasting life partner, the executive director of the Twin Cities Film Fest, Jayton Satia. Hello again, Jayton. Hi, Shannon. How are you? Jayton, I'm doing very well. I'm very excited because um, not only do I get to uh, harass you about what's going on with your fantasy film league. Oh, okay. Let's not. <laughs> I, I heard that it was Let's, not going well. No, you know, I'm excited. I, um, I made some mistakes <laughs> during the last round. Um and I, I procrastinated, and I'm not typically a procrastinator, Ooh. so I didn't do my research, and <clears throat> I completely messed up on a couple of things. So I bid too much on a couple of things that I thought were going to do really well, and they didn't. So let's back up and explain me. every to, to all of the listeners yeah, what happens so with your. You it's know, very like fantasy yes, sports it's fantasy related. Sports, mm-hmm. you you buy your quote unquote. You have this x amount of fake dollars that you're spending, <laughs> um, and our dollars are spent on domestic releases on. Um, studio films that are going to come out, and then we're all <laughs> hoping that our film at the end of the day or f- collection of films makes the most amount of money. Correct. So that's how you win your league. Yes. Mm. Is you you pick a film, you're like, yeah, I'm going to spend $5 million on this, <laughs> and nobody else bids on it. It's like, cool, it's mine, and hopefully a collection of those over $200 million that you pretend spend gets you the most bang for and your Jayden, buck. And Jaden, you have done well historically, I but have you had well. some ringers, I'm, though. I'm typically up there in number one or number two. Because didn't one year, didn't you have like Black Panther or something? I did. Last yes. year I had Black Panther. <laughs> and that kind of destroyed everybody. So, um, But again, those are far and few between. You just got to go in on a couple of them, and then hopefully you have some underdogs. Um, here's literally what happened, you guys. I knew that I wasn't going to... Marvel was part of it, yeah. But Marvel's run for our quarter was only for one weekend, so I'm like, well, one weekend is just going to get the 200 million or 300 million, right? But it's going to have a long term stay afterwards. Yes. So I'm going to come get it on the back end on the second quarter, which I'm hoping to do this next one. But, but now, I'm, isn't everybody going to be vying for those films? Yeah. So it's okay. just how much money you really want to spend. You want to spend <laughs> the entire 200 million dollars on a film on one movie. On one movie. Um, here's what. All of that aside, I messed up. Mm-hmm. I saw a film called U.S. Yes. Yeah, I thought it was U.S. <laughs> not, not us. us. <laughs> and I'm like, why the hell would I ever bid on something called U.S.? US? I mean, uh, sure, I'm sure it's a great movie. I didn't even look down the path of like, <laughs> and I knew Jordan Peele was coming out. I knew Us existed, but when I was doing a procrastination, I'm like, I'm not going to bid on something called U.S. This is whatever. And the person who got it, yes. we were the only two left like with enough money to bid on stuff. The person who got it had a lot more money than I did. Yes. And he says, I'm going to, again, he, Max bid me. He was yes. like, I'm going to get us. I'm like, us is us. here? Us? <laughs> Where's us? He was like, it's right there. I'm like, oh, my God. I thought it was U.S. And you're like, womp, so womp. I completely womp, womp that one. <laughs> so thanks for bringing that up. Oh, yeah. I thought that would be fun. I, I enjoyed that journey. I enjoyed that journey. <laughs> so fun. that was fun. <laughs> We are also going to do our our Geek Pop Culture Roundup. We have some things that are going on, including discussing the fact that The Matrix turned 20 recently. And I wanted to talk to you about whether you think that it is holding up as well as some of the other films. Because we do talk about that every once in a while. One of our um, favorite geek properties, when we look back at them and going, you know, does this still resonate the same way it does or has it does it have a lot of problematic tropes so i think that the matrix is a great example of that of course we also need to talk about avengers endgame which you and i are both already scheduled to see and finally like three times that next week right and so also we do have a fantastic 
guest geek this week. With Ge- the team here. I know. I'm like scared. I know. Like I'm being like, you know, photographed. <laughs> like, what is happening right now? Our guest geek this week is Judd Haley. And Judd is a fantastic, he is like Renaissance man. Because he's a singer, songwriter. His he just released a new song. Yes, he yeah. gives like like he. You just look so star quality, Judd. So thank you for thank joining you. us. And Thanks you also have a web series as well. Yeah. So we have lots of pro, uh, questions about all the different products. I mean, projects you have going on, Judd. Awesome. So I'm thank you for joining us. Questions. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm gonna go deep, man. <laughs> and and Jayton is right. Like Judd, you brought in a team. Like you have. Like we are very impressed. With the quality of, of support They're that amazing. you have. <laughs> so thank you very much for bringing them in. It's giving us squad goals, well. Jayton. Like we need, <laughs> like. <laughs> can we just have Judd follow us around? Right, Judd, can go? you bring Boogie you Gomez and your, your team? enough credit. Come on. <laughs> we should just ask, maybe. We probably have people that are like, well, you didn't ask us to come around <laughs> right. and take photos when like, you go. Right. You want us? You really? Okay. <laughs> um, thank you for being here. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having me. So, Appreciate Judd, it. we're going to do a deep dive into uh, your music and your career and what you have going on. And, and, uh, and congratulations. And we'll talk about this more. I know you did just release a new song earlier this month. Yep. So we want to know about that process because we both love music and yes. neither of us are musicians. <laughs> Nope, I have no musical. I love music, but I cannot. No, no, no. I can not even in the shower. I can sing, talk, you know, kind of thing. Sing, talk. Yeah. So as long as it's just sustained talking, (laughs) then I can do it. Skill. It It is a skill. I am also a percussionist. Did I tell you that? I'm a percussionist. I do this. You got to describe what those are. My acrylics. (laughs) Those are my acrylic nails. (laughs) Um, But. You want to join my band? Yes, please. <laughs> it's very like some people have like they they bring like a washboard. Yeah. It's like I don't bring a washboard. I just bring, I bring my my, my gel nails. Yes. Um. So, Judd, are you by nature other than being a music geek? Are you also like more of a traditional geek as well? Like, did you see the Matrix? Have you? I seen did that? see the Matrix. Okay. Yes. And so, I am very happy that then you can be part of this conversation as well. So the thing about The Matrix is there was an article that was um, published earlier this month, um, and it was by an author, and he was talking about the Matrix male power fantasy has dated badly. And so that's the headline of this article. And then he kind of goes on to talk about how this is really a monument, as he puts it, a monument to Gen X self-pity. That is out of step with today is what this particular author wrote, an author named Nicholas Barber. And so he goes on throughout this article to talk about, really, if you look at that, it's basically just a science fiction fantasy version of Office Space. So it's this guy who has this job and that the worst thing that could possibly happen is that you are a dude that works in a cube. And how that that is this, this just this allegory about how terrible it is to be part of this just homogenous society and just kind of move forward. And that in this particular author's opinion, that um, a lot of what we do in this current generation is going, I would love to have a stable job and work in a cube, you know, (laughs) but non-hero hero. hero. Correct. That's where he's thrusted into. And again, I have a couple of, um, you know, I look at, again, I watch movies, right? That's literally what I do all day, every day. Well, the ones that I want to watch anyways. Right. Um, from a festival, and I look at it from a couple different uh, perspectives on his take on Matrix turning 20. I look at it from a technical standpoint. From a technical standpoint, Matrix invented, reinvented what what green screen technology, right. what uh, sound design, 
it holds up very well from the technical side of it. Um, from the ethereal side, now, who can say, like, 50 years from now, something comes back? Or 50 right. years from now, something... Again, we've had the Me Too movement during that time frame. We've had presidents kind of come and destroy things and build them up again, destroy things and build them up again. So there's only so much that you can put on a film that wants to, first and foremost, make money back for its investors. Right. Wants to please the general audiences. I think it did that and it still does that very well. But you can only do go so far as to try to be the savior for everybody. And right. How could this particular uh, person embody the next whatever generation? The part um, that when exists? I was so doing my rewatch, Jaden, that I did, and Jed, what I did kind of agree with this particular author about is that if you look at the concept of you know things that we have called problematic in other films, where it's basically this one guy who's not that great comes in is suddenly a more amazing than the two people who have trained in it for so long. And especially when you have a, uh, a character of color and you have a woman. So you have these two people who should be you know, quintessentially better at it. Correct. But then all of a sudden you're the amazing savior yeah, that came and, in. And, and I do so agree he, that part I'm like up to okay, be the Messiah right. of it all, the one. And <laughs> they don't talk about how they already have a whole bunch of ones that right. if they just worked with them, you know, why is it this is one middle aged not middle aged, I mean youngish because he was in his twenties right. in this film supposedly. Mm-hmm. Gonna save it all. Right. Right? Um so I do agree that they could have done a better job in giving the other characters more of a power than what they eventually just put him on right. pedestal. And then he was just kind of fumbling his way through <laughs> it for the first two films anyway. Right. Um, yeah. I, I think I think the storyline of all three movies is yes. profound. And I, I remember right. the feeling I had when I left the theater the, for the first movie. Agreed. I was young, though. I was 16 when that, when that movie came out. Right. And there was nothing up to that point, story-wise, that had been that way. That right. had been written that way and, and been shown on the big screen as a consumer of movies myself. I'm not a movie buff like no. yourself, but but I think I think from a non-technical side, it, it, it definitely changed the way that movies were created from now on. You can you could even apply that to to music. If you listen to music that, you know, from the 70s, it, it's all been a stepping stone to today. And how music is written and and performed and right. you could never release today's music in the seventies and it wouldn't make sense. Correct. Right. Right. So, and so that's how I feel about the movie as well. Like the I feel like the Matrix storyline itself, yeah, it might be dated, but that's because we've had really great movies that have come out since. And True. Maybe we've as made a result progress of. Right. as a community, we've made progress um, overall in what, how we treat other people and just what we should be more conscious about. Now, That's again, right. in the article, we also there, he also mentions that uh, at the same year, Office Space came out. Correct. The same year, Fight Club came out. Really? Mm-hmm. So, so it really was a series of these. The worst thing that can happen is to be a white color drudge through your day-to-day mundane. thing. Mundane thing. And so it's like you want to be more. But did you really earn the fact to be more or was it just handed to you? And that part I did think was interesting in my wee watch. I'm like, okay, I do find that particular trope problematic because there is that, you know, it's the, you know, that's what privilege is before we were calling it, uh, articulating it as privilege. Right. We're going, well, clearly you're going to be better at this than these two people. Did, didn't know. Will Smith turn down the job to be Neo. Will Smith turned down the job. Um, uh, they almost gender swapped the role. They were saying that it didn't have to be a male. Um, and so Sandra Bullock was up for the role, oh, which yeah. I wish that had happened. That yeah. had been because if you think about 
where people were in their careers at the time. Well, speed, right? Yeah, and so she was. She yeah, and so and Sandra Bullock was getting ready to make. Um, oh, Jayton, what's the one with the everybody in their... It's a rom com, so that's why I don't remember it. It's the one where she's in the the with pageant. With Ryan. Oh, um. Yes, yeah. Miss Congeniality. <laughs> Thank you very much, Judge Team. Thank you very much. Bing to Judge Team. Thank you. So, I mean, that's what she was like. Well, I don't really have time to do this, right. which is fantastic, and that worked out for her yeah. career. And if you look at where Keanu was at the time, he needed this movie anybody else because we were still like. You're just whoa, dude. You know, kind of thing. Yeah, right. Oh yeah. <laughs> so this did, I think, reframe him so that we could see him now as a John Wick and the things that he's doing now. I have a little side little story about Keanu Reeves. So yes, he came to Minneapolis to I think understudy somebody at the Guthrie, and he, um, my father-in-law, who's a Shakespearean actor, he went to actually go watch him perform here in town, and afterwards um, he went up to my father-in-law. My father-in-law tells me this all the time he's like yeah so Keanu came up to me he's like how do you remember all those lines (laughs) 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 that's kind of like my my Keanu like you know side story I like that story but I think Keanu's him himself as an actor has grown immensely. Agreed. Um, and I think the, the platform that Matrix gave him was the right platform for him. Right. And we all remember, like, you know, the, 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 the best part about the way that that film was created is most of the profound things are not said by Neo. It's all like Lawrence Fishburne's character right. or Carrie Ann Moss's character. So that, I think, is interesting, too, because I do, from, a, uh, from the, the standpoint of diversity, it was there. They were just still sidekicks, but that's what happened. So, do you, you know, think back then. film, uh, as we as we're transcending those genres and those decades, um, do you think you know films like the new superhero movies that we're seeing today are taking a few things from Matrix and what it did wrong and what it did right? in the context. I think we really have built on that as a framework. And so it's nice to go, okay, here's what we can do now. Here's, you know, versus, you know, if it hadn't taken the steps that it had, if the Wachowskis hadn't done what they did at the time, then we probably wouldn't be where we are now because it did make it popular to see that kind of film. Oh yeah. You know, it, you know, it, it, it wasn't just this underground, um, very, I, I can't, um, invite my friends that don't watch these kind of movies to this movie you know i think that it was a broad enough topic that you could still take a variety of people and that's why it did as well you know as it does and i do have all the dvds that's why i'm like well let me go look at it you know i wanted to look at it again after i read this particular perspective in this article and i hadn't initially and we've had this conversation before Jaden. so judd i've said before that there are some movies that you can just if i just rattle them off like that movie is highly problematic now you know, kind yep, of thing. Absolutely. I understood why I liked it then. I was a big fan of Revenge of the Nerds. I can't watch that now. Yep. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. There's, yep. certain, you know, I was a big fan Doesn't of Weird now. Science. It absolutely does not work nope. now. Right. You know, it's highly problematic. Matrix. I'm still teetering. I do think that I think it, it works. still it just, works. Yeah. But I can see why it was a snapshot of what was going on in the '90s. Right. And you going, oh my God, it sucks to be a white collar white dude. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it does, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> the struggle is so real. <laughs> this. <laughs> Struggling uh, and moving on, the struggle that is not real is about the Avengers Endgame. Avengers Endgame uh, had a greater presale than Avengers Infinity War. It sold more tickets uh, in a day. I mean, in a day, it broke. Than it, it broke. Yeah, it Seriously. sold more tickets in a day Fandango than Infinity went War. Down and 
and mm-hmm. some of these other bigger platforms just went down. I was one of those people that the minute I got the ping on my phone, the tickets were available because yeah. I was watching for sure. it. So I got the email, the tickets were available. And it's funny because they came in from a different, a couple of different places. You know, the first announcement I got, I, I get Marvel's, uh, I'm on their email blast because of a video game I play. Oh. So I play a video game called Marvel Contest of Champions. And so that was the, of all of the things that hit first. It pinged you on a video game in the middle the of video your game conquest? was like, hey, so a thing popped up that said, you know, I had a message and it had a link for the on sale. Oh, yeah. And so. Disney knows what it's doing. Right. It was very, very, I was like, all right, they're like, this geek's already on her phone. Yeah. Here we go. So how, I, how many times quick. are you planning to go see the film? So Shannon and I are going. Um, we both have tickets. We both have tickets already. On different days. Different days. And we're going together. I have a press screening that I'm going to on the 23rd next, right. next week. So she's Judd, let me tell day. you how terrible my friend here. How, how <laughs> hey, terrible. Hey, hey. This is the thing. 20 years, right? Judd, t- uh, 20 years. <laughs> okay, now listen. And <laughs> so let's, let's hear this. He's my podcast, my podcast life mate. He, on social media, said, hey, who wants to go to a pre-screening? Of Avengers Endgame with me and put that out there on Facebook like there should be an option other than me. <laughs> and I immediately was like, um, Hello. I like pink cough cough. And like, <laughs> <laughs> you and a thousand other people, they're like, right. me, me. Of course they all said me, me. And I'm like, no, no, yeah. to all of those other know, people. Yeah. It's one person. If it's yeah. not me, it's his wife. Right. That's totally. who gets to go. Totally. Right. And she doesn't like yeah, so. action. Play- yeah. like, so anyway, she doesn't so want to go. It, was it gonna needs Shannon. to be me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to go well, at least, like I said, twice. And uh, I did manage to get to the, the internet only broke for me for a while. I was able to secure tickets to the Thursday night screening, the 6 p.m. screening. I think um, that's the one that I'm going to, but with my with the with the movie league guys. Right. And so I have that one. So that'll be the for sure. That's two that are on yeah. deck. For a movie that we're like, oh my god, it's three hours long. How are you gonna do this? Yeah. <sighs> there should up. just again. I grew up in India, where mm-hmm. Bollywood movies were back, back in the day three, three and a half hours long with an intermission in the middle. Right. And now I'm hoping that there is an intermission in the middle here. And this, but again, it's not going. to I don't be, think there's going to be. Like no. I remember when I saw and and, and Judd, did you see uh, uh, Avengers: Infinity War? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember after I saw that, my friend was asking me because he hadn't seen it yet, and he goes. At what point should I go to the bathroom? And I was like trying to think ahead. I'm like, yeah, I was trying to think of because like he's asked me that he's that friend that asked me that all the time. I'm like, okay, when Thor does this, that's when you go. Yeah, but go directly there. Don't stop at the bar. Don't do anything. Just come right back. And so I was trying to go. You know, what kind of bathroom do you need to go? Exactly. Because I'm like, I kind of don't. I'm like. There's no good place, but you'll be okay. You just have to go when you feel like. So, (laughs) what are you hoping? at the end of it, right? At the end of it all, what are you hoping happens for you that will make it worthwhile to watch the last 20 films that lead to these <laughs> films? I think, you know, I, what continues, what makes me a fan of the Avengers part of that series is the way that they do this just amazingly choreographed ballet of all the characters. And that was what I found so charming about Infinity Wars is that there was no, it was a very efficient movie, even though it was long and the way that they have managed to do what I think even all of us Uber geeks did not think they were going to be able to do is have all these different Marvel properties that still have slightly different personalities meld into one and have it not feel busy. And I did think that in Infinity Wars, I that they did a fantastic job of, the way that Thor 
speaks and the way that you know dr strange versus the way tony stark the way that these worlds all blend together makes sense and so that's what i'm hoping for is now you know now that we know what captain marvel is going to be like now how does her character that has a different way that uh they wrote that film versus an ant-man versus like how do all of these characters have overlapping dialogue and you go that makes sense right you know so that's what I, if they do a good job of, I thought that in, in Infinity Wars, they did a great job of, from scene to scene, passing the baton from one character but to another. I think another. no character took over hmm? the film. Mm-hmm. I think that was, it was right. it was a blend of right stories and just stop. Like, let's go to the next one as far as this character also matters and this is why he or she right. should be part of the storyline. You, you yes. didn't think it was a Doctor Strange movie? <laughs> I mean, come on! There was like a as good much portion I, of that movie. I, he was I just loved. I love. I love Doctor Strange. Yeah, um, and you know, I, I didn't think, think the I, decision that he made because he saw Infinity decisions. Right. Yeah. That things. I thought it was so, appropriate. Like yeah. I thought that it was an appropriate amount of time with him. I thought it was an appropriate amount of time with Thor and the Guardians and having them, you know, to be able to go. Well, here's how humor works here, but then it's different. You know, the cadence of the humor in the Guardians world is different than the cadence of the humor in uh, Iron the, the Iron Man series. And they were able to keep it true, to, right? right and to that was what I was so impressed by. You know, I like the the specific bonds that some of these uh, um, superheroes formed with each other. Right. Um, I thought that was actually very well done, and you saw the um, the, the cross storylines on they're empathetic, but they're also they also know what each other brings to the table. And that that fight scene when they're trying to get the uh, the infinity um, uh, handoff of the gauntlet, the gauntlet mm-hmm. off, th- they were working in sync together. Right. So they, you know, they all looked at exactly what they do really well. Right. And then they played off of each other and they almost had it, right? Right. Um, and I thought, you know, and, and I was, uh, you know. Star-Lord came in. And but Star-Lord did what Star-Lord does. When has Star-Lord ever been the king of I make good life choices and I'm not hasty? <laughs> and so I'm like, that's appropriate. Right. Like if he had, I thought that, of course he got pissed. And I, he heard about Kamora, yeah. lost his mind. Right. And then chaos ensued. That's yeah. what he does. That's true. And that's true. I, I'm looking forward to it. I am too. It I should be too. fun. Um, and then if anybody else is interested, Game of Thrones starts. Again. Yes, Judd, are you a Game of Thrones person? Okay, so I binge watch the seasons, so mm-hmm. I don't watch them as they're released. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of just binge are you caught up them. though. Yeah, okay. so so the premiere to, is yeah. Tonight. I'm surprised you're right. exhausted. I'm I, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll end up I'll end up watching it tonight because this is the last the last season. Yes. Last season, eight episodes. They're all a movie. Do we know how long this one is this evening? I think How an hour and ten. Okay. Yeah, they're all they're all over an hour and five at least. All right. Well, you guys report back to me and let me know. Yeah. Because I don't watch Game of Thrones. Yeah. Of course, yeah, people That's will die. Literally, I think Game of Thrones. It, and winter it, will come. Right. Winter. And is there's here. what eight <laughs> episodes in this final eight season. So eight episodes. Who, there will be no one left. There's all. There there's will already, be. It'll just the final well, episode the will just there's be. Literally, all the bets in the world of like who's literally going to survive this game. I the vote one none of them. It's going to be the one you don't want. Right. No, it's going to be the one that really just has an ulterior motive. Yep. Okay. At all. So. All right. Well, I will rewatch Gay of Thrones and I'll catch up on that. Yeah, there you go. Kind of thing. uh, Jed, we've talked about this before. I I desperately want dragons. You know, I would love to have a dragon. I cannot watch Game of Thrones. What what, what is that? It is violent and emotionally abusive in a way that I do not find entertaining. Gotcha. So I fell off of it after the first season. Because yeah. it was just like every week, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like somebody just came and just punched me in the chest yeah. all night long. Yeah. And so, and then I'm having nightmares about torture. And so I just stopped watching it. And it's just, I'm like, you know, back to what we were saying about The Matrix. 
computers are great and our special effects are amazing yep. and we can make all kinds of things look real yep. and the torture in that way too real for me it's um you know i'm just too empathetic for these you know fic- i know they're fictional characters but i'm still em- too empathetic so for it so it's not scared fun. for what uh, uh, Mufasa looks like. <laughs> oh my gosh, Lion King. Yeah. That's, that's I just saw that, that trailer. I mean, that's right. Talk about making it look real. I know. I'm all like, do, you know, I like, I don't understand scary. why we have. Just like I didn't understand why we were making Dumbo. Sure. Just now that we can yeah. make things look real, I'm like, why are we? Let's just go clean because up the cartoon again. If we, it, it looks too exactly on point to the cartoon version, because Disney that I don't know why needs people to buy it on their app. True. Okay, that's fine. And the Disney Plus app is going to be what nine bucks, $6.99. eight bucks, six nine. Okay, and that came gonna, in a much better price. And that's going to actually start a price war with all these other. Um, I bet every single other um, streaming platform mm-hmm. will be getting more competitive. So Netflix is what eleven ninety nine or Jeez. something like that, right? Yeah. I mean, you're going to pay more for your cable, like what you were paying for your cable bill, with all these a la carte options now. Right. Well, Judd, we Which talk again, about it I all think the it's time. A good thing. You can jump off whenever you want. With cable, you couldn't really jump off. Like, I can't pay 130 bucks for <laughs> yeah. 3,000 channels. So you can watch it in pockets. Right. Okay, well, we'll see how it goes because I we already had a number of homework assignments as far as serialized content. Like, Jade and I are really good about seeing movies. We're terrible about watching a whole yeah. series. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're like, uh, even if we like the series, like, we... We fall and, off all the time. So we uh, shiny we, objects. Yes, yeah, so yeah. we're like, dang, it's so uh, much work, actually, and there's so many years of this. Before so. we end the segment here, mm-hmm. I want to ask John: Is there a show that you're currently binging? The reason I bring it up is Shannon and I do a pass the password, sure. right? Because we can't always watch every single thing. So I'll yes. tell her, like, I just I need you to watch two episodes of this, and she'll come to me and say, I need you to watch two uh, episodes right. of this. But yeah, mind blowing to me this year and last year was OA. On Netflix. Oh, okay. Yes. I, right. okay. I, I just love the, the strength of the character and, okay. and where they go oh, with right. the the, the right. storyline of we the way do that. is incredible. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 a, it's about interdimensional travel mm-hmm. through death, basically. Okay. So Got it. It's All right. really, we'll, really okay. incredible. We'll make a note. I would we'll say it's on, it's on the same page as like a Black Mirror episode. Yes. Okay. Know? All right, so it's really Black really Mirror. interesting. I love Black Mirror when I remember to watch it. It's so just it. you know, it, and it's one of those ones that I'm glad that I. It helps to watch all of them, but you don't have to so watch. So Shannon all. and I watched uh, uh, the Umbrella Academy. Yes, yeah, and that was really good. Mm-hmm. At least both of us agreed. That I think was, that was the only thing yeah. that of our pass the password homework that we gave ourselves a month ago. That was yeah. the only one that we both finished. Both finished. Yeah, yeah. so we'll have to catch back. She up She still has again. to do Narcos, and I still have to do um, Star Trek Discovery. Star Trek Discovery. Yes. <laughs> You, how, how many episodes are Star Trek? This we're in season three, so oh, that's a while. Lord. But we're no, in season no, no, two no, no. of Narcos. So to, to answer your, I think we don't have to watch the entire series. No. We have to give ourselves at least two episodes and then okay. kind of talk about it. So if Correct. you want to continue watching it, wonderful. If you don't want to watch it, skip. Go to, let's go to the next right. one. So you are welcome to join our Pass the Password uh, okay. I'm gonna I'm going to now take you up on the OA. I'm going to watch at least two episodes of OA and then I'll report back to you. Okay. Yeah, you, you'll be hooked. Okay. Two. I think what's the Netflix has their algorithm set so that if you watch two episodes you're hooked hooked. yeah (laughs) netflix (laughs) (laughs) well we're going to take our break and then we come back we're going to continue with guest geek judd haley we're going to talk about the new music that he just released and see what other geek hole we can drop down so thank you for joining br geek we'll be right back
Welcome back to Be Our Geek, where everyone is a geek about something. I'm Miss Shannon. Jayden Satia is here as well. And rejoining us for this segment as well, this uh, guest geek, Judd Haley, is with us. Hello again, Judd. Hello. We are very happy that you're here because I do have questions. So Judd Haley, singer, songwriter, all around Bon Vivant. You have a web series as well. So many things to talk about. So many things to talk about. What do you want to talk about first? Well, let's talk about the music. Okay. So you did send us a couple of songs. And I did, I I looked through, uh, uh, this is this is how big of a deal he is. Not only did he send us a couple songs, because Jayton, we have friends that they go, yeah, I make stuff. Uh-huh. No, I could actually look him up on Amazon. Oh. And he's like super legit, not just like a SoundCloud <laughs> guy. How fancy is that, Jayton? Um, <laughs> I don't think I've ever, see, like you said, I have. Again, from the, I come from the film side. Like, I have friends like, yeah, I made a movie. I'm like, great. Where is it currently? <laughs> it's, oh, it's in my laptop. I'm like, maybe that's like, not a movie. It's right. not out there yet. It's, it's not, a thing. It's, it's not a thing. And I'm, I'm glad you're making content, but a lot of <laughs> a lot of that also has to do with getting the content out there. So, a question for you is: If you were to again, we'll, we'll listen to a couple of your songs, but what kind of music? What kind of genre, if there is one, yeah, that people would identify your music with? It's a, it's a really, it's a great question, and and unfortunately, I, I there's not a really great answer for it. The industry m- wants to categorize right. you. The the industry still we still have come from your either country or pop or hip hop or rap or whatever, right. and you need to classify yourself that. But a lot of times. It, it just doesn't fit. Right. And the algorithms want you yeah, to be a thing. Too. Like if I'm yeah. looking you up, you know, and it's not based upon, you know, if I'm looking for related artists, you, you, like it wants you to put in some meta tag that says what you are and why right. you're related to another artist. You're, 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 very, you're a lot. That's very right. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that the big parent genre is country. Got it. Um, and then I would really rather fit an alternative so it's that whole conversation that I think consumers are going through right now with Nas X, with mm-hmm. the Old Town Road, like that was on the country yep. chart, then it was off the country chart. Like, like what it make, what truly makes a country sure. song? Billy Ray so, Cyrus is yeah. the reason. So, um, or like Taylor Swift, like how is she country and all of a sudden no. she's pop? Right? Right. So yeah. it's, again, you want to put yourself in a bucket. So how are you able to distinguish yourself away from that confined bucket and then just be like, look, I make good music. <laughs> just looking like, I don't know. You can, I, I can't. I can't right. pick it. That, that, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, once I get rid of the song, once I release the song, it's the listener's music. Right. And it's just, a, it's a game of figuring it out. One of the best artists right now, Billie Eilish. Yes. It doesn't fit in a category. No. And, and she's amazing. One, I'll she play some stuff amazing. as well. And, and, but you're right. And I know when I hear Billie Eilish, I do hear her on the alt stations of right course. now. So they picked her up first, yeah. I think. And they're she like, can fit everywhere. Right. I mean, there's not, there's not a, she doesn't fit in a category in a genre, but you, you have to pick an artist that sounds. Who do you compare the most to? Right. Because that's how listeners consume music. Because I do think, like, I can see how you would uh, say, well, I want to be in that alternative category. Because that broadened out, you know, because yeah. the last radio station I worked at before I did this was an alternative radio station. And it was, you know, well, here's this DJ sound. Here's this synth pop sound. Here's this country sound. Here's, you know, and then even watching the bands within the genres slowly morph. Oh, yeah. I don't know where you're going, but mm-hmm. I automatically go towards the collaborations that you hear on like a Grammy stage. I think about the 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 ease at which some of these artists are able to blend yeah. different music. Justin together. Timberlake and Chris Stapleton. Yeah. Right. Right. And and the fact that it sounds amazing and it doesn't fit in a specific bucket. Yeah. 
That, that's why where I that's where I'd like to live. I, I think that's okay. the most comfortable. And how long have you been a musician, quote unquote, professionally, and then so obviously I'm twenty years. Right wow, yeah. that's amazing. I started right out by singing uh, my senior year for the senior brunch. I'd always played music um, just as a, a form of release. Right. Um, it, going through puberty, mm-hmm. that was, that's tough. <laughs> Got a lot of those songs, mm-hmm. and then. You know, when I was 18, I performed for the first time. I was so nervous. I got my heart going. And I got off the stage and I was like, that's that's what I want to do. I think that's what I want to do. It bit you. Yeah, it mm-hmm. did. It did. And so I uh, we started a band that was very successful, Subsidal Confessions. Mm-hmm. And we traveled all over the place, played a bunch of shows. Um, and then I migrated into um, performing solo mm-hmm. and under my name. Well, I know one of the songs that you had sent me was your song "Plastic Doll." So before we play a piece of that, can you just tell us about this song and yeah. what your, you know, what it meant to you, why you created it? I, it it's a great, it's a great segue to, to talk about because "Plastic Doll" is actually defining what industries do to people and what people are willing to do um, for fame and notoriety and and the way that they're willing to change their morals, right? To to just get to where they want to be. Um, this this particular song is a note of of what it's like to uh, be a performer in any way, shape, or form in the industry and have the industry categorize you and pull you in and what you're willing to do. And you'll, you'll hear in the song, I talk, you know, in depth about, um, you know, the mechanical dream because it is, it's written out for you. And these are the steps that you need to take to do it. So, so Jed, I'd love to play like the first like 90 seconds or so sure. and then just kind of hear your take on, yep. you know, where we are with that. So this Judd Haley's Plastic Doll on The Argument. Jed, I I really hear what you were saying about those those overtones of it's country-ish, but it's really alt-rock. It's a little bit of everything. And so I can see when you're going, I know that I'm supposed to pick a lane, but I don't pick a lane. Right. I'd rather not. Mm-hmm. And especially in di- the distribution piece of Plastic Doll, uh, a lot of the um, bloggers um, and anybody, wherever you're trying to release or distribute this, want you to pick an artist that you this song fits with. Right. I can't name one. Right. I don't know anybody that this is similar to. Which is what you, I'm sure as an artist, you kind of are like, well, that's the whole point is I'm an individual. That's I'm right. I'm an artist. This that's is right. my heart and my soul because you are, you know, the, the singer, the composer, right. the writer, uh, you know, you create the whole piece of work. Imagine somebody asking you what your joke right. is closest to right and, uh, and that's you want the, people to go in listening it's to that just joke? me you yeah. know i don't want anybody to go oh well she's like another person but this is the same thing is that they want to go well who do you sound like that i like mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yes. you yeah. know well, i don't think that's an unfair question right from consumers there's so many options that that they want to at least have a context into what they're walking into or even you know even if it, we have the ability now to like for the first 10 seconds i listen to it i'm like I could decide yes or no. 
Right. Right. Regardless. Of, right. Regardless of if I even hear the first words or not. Yep. But again, it all depends on the mood too, right? So if you were to say, if you pre-qualify yourself with, if this band and this band had a baby, it would be me. <laughs> at least I have a contact <laughs> on what I'm walking into, yeah. not know, knowing that each child is on their own, who they are. Right. But that kind of sets the mood for me for, is this workout music for me? Is this my chill music as I'm going into the car? When would I want to put on Judd Haley? This is this is the Spotify playlist yes. realm we live in where mm-hmm. you, you catch new music just because it's on a playlist. And that is, as a, as a musician, that is the way of the world right. now releasing music is that you don't release to your immediate fans. You no longer have immediate fans. And every song has its own route in the industry anyways so if you can get added to your chill playlist yes and then you come across it that's how you become a follower of of mine i was Mm -hmm. gonna ask you about marketing so are you with um uh, a company a label label are you self-distributed or kind of both how does that work nowadays with for independent artists um it can work we live in this uh interesting uh, crossroads right now where you have artists that are um, you know still signing to major labels um, and doing that route um, which in some cases in a lot of cases means a tremendous amount of debt owed back to the the label that they signed with um, but in replacement if they've got good music it means that they can you know they're going to make it they're going to make a bigger statement on the on the platform because unfortunately or fortunately labels still hold a, a large part of the of the stage right, right now um, but i'm an independent musician and I, and i'm a strong believer in independent being independent and being able to distribute myself because we live 2019 i can work with a distributor now to distribute my stuff worldwide right. i mean my music's in 170 countries I, I can do that now. Yes. Uh, Ten years ago, I couldn't do that. And it, it was a question of whether or not I seek label representation. Is right. the industry more open to that? Hey, we might just get this artist for just this one song and we're going to kind of see, is it based on the album or like how, why would they jump on board with you? Is it again, is, is it again with Spotify, it's, you know, dimes to the dollar on what the artist ends up getting, but it's the amount of, it's the volume. That, that particular platform offers. How are you able to contextualize your from a business side if a deal is good for you? Again, looking at it from a financial perspective mm. as well as from like I'm just going to do this because it's going to get my name out there a little bit more. Well, you know the, that, that's good conversation piece, but I I think you could theoretically labels want to see that you're producing the numbers already before right. they're interested in you. So if you're producing the numbers and you're getting the notoriety yourself, that then labels are willing to Makes see, it easier to for them, huh? Well, right. So and at that point, then if I'm starting to get recognized by the label, then I have to ask the question from a business standpoint, why would I want to give you my money? Right. Why exactly. do I, why do I want to sign you? Why do with I need you? you if I'm doing this already? If I'm already doing it. Well, right. I know that a lot of what you have to do, Judd, then is building out your platform and like your social media. We have a lot of uh, artists that get known because they have a very successful, like a million view yep. YouTube. Uh, one of their songs will take off and we'll hear about artists that, you know, people found them on YouTube or they used to sing right. this way or do that kind of thing. And I know that you, you know, you have your YouTube channel. How do you decide what you're going to mm. post and the kind of videos are going to you're going to post? 
Uh, we talked about this in the last segment about mm-hmm. shiny objects. Yes. And I, and I am a chaser of shiny objects. <laughs> I think that's why I like recording music because every song is a new shiny object. Right. right? Um, it, it, the Bruising Eats with Badass Peeps um, series on food and music and art is really it's that's a shiny object that I chased. Okay. So we have a we have I have another season coming out of of Brews and Eats, um, and which is a very well produced web series. That's a lot of work. I'm hey, sure. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, and I enjoy it. Okay. And initially, it was just me and my buddy. Let's go have beer at Bald Man Brewing. Nope. <laughs> and, and, right. and, and let's let's justify this drinking beer thing with turning on some cameras and talking about music. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and and after I did that, I was like, eh, we might have something yeah. here. Right. You know. It felt natural. It felt felt natural, yeah. Um, this year, going into 2019, I realized that the last album I had put out for my for music was over eight years ago. Okay, and I knew that I could. I knew that I already had second season of Bruce and Eats. It's it's all ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to focus on the music thing because right. that's what I do. Yes, I'm a musician first, right? Right. Um, so. Which baby do I love more? Yes. is really just it is really just what time of the year is it? Have, right. Have I already released? Have I d- met my goals in the music bit of it? Right. Have I met my goals in the film piece of it? You right. Know, in the mouth. And it has a, to be. Sorry, Jaden. It has to be difficult as you're rotating through all the content because you're doing things that are all you know performance adjacent. So they're all in the same world. They're, they're ish. Right. But to sit there and go, okay. Which one of these is going to take off at the moment and then to be able to differentiate between what you love and what you think might be yeah. best for your brand? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think uh, John Lee Dumas is a, is a host of a podcast called Entrepreneur on Fire. Right. He has all kinds of amazing guests on there. One of the things that he says almost in every podcast is focus. Mm-hmm. Follow one course until success. And and really what he's, what he's summing up there is that uh, – Shiny object chasers like myself, <laughs> right. uh, we got a long road right. because we're always changing gears. Right. And we're not consistent in one, one fashion or the other. So I think that when when it comes down to it, it's having a good team to help me um, keep my focus. Mm-hmm. You know, And, and that, then that's what you were talking about earlier is the team here. Yeah. I'm not very good at the daily grind of doing it <laughs> repeatedly. I'm okay. not. I am really not. Mm-hmm. But but I get it, and I get that that consistency is the the power of uh, the power of consistency is huge. So right? you had that eight year break, and then you're like, okay, I'm going to go back into the lab and make new music. And so you just released a new song. Yeah. How was the cre- the the creative process for you when you went back into the? I need to really buckle down and yeah. be a singer songwriter. Yeah, mode I, again. The sing, being a singer songwriter has always been really natural for me. Right, it's it's always very easy. And since I've been performing more locally to over 270 shows locally, oh, wow. um, I tend to write. I, I honestly tend to write songs on the spot at a show. Okay, from inspiration. I was going to ask you about that. That's yeah, when you. Rudely interrupted me. Oh, I know. I'm the worst, Jaden. I'm sorry. No, but that was literally that was going to be. It. How sorry. are you able to come up with your content? Like, what yeah. inspires you? When does that happen? Do you lock yourself in a basement? Do you yeah. lock yourself in a studio, or it just happens and you happen to be on a stoplight and like, oh my god, inspiration! You're going to pull over the side and write a <laughs> right. song. Right. Uh, no, and I love people that are able to do that. Mm-hmm. that. They hear it in their head. You know, Michael Jackson was one of them who right. could hear it in his head. He would sing it into a, you know a tape recorder then right. go into the studio and record it okay that's crazy i can't do that you know <laughs> but, but at shows I'll, I'll tend to ad lib a lot of my music and it's fun and it's um it's just natural for me and i record all of my shows 
Okay. If I, if I have so if you improv something, I, I'm like, wow, I like that. Okay. I'll go back and listen to it, and then we'll, you know, recreate it. Whiskey and Me mm-hmm. was a song I wrote um, that was just released on Friday, um, and I wrote that at a show. Really? On stage. Uh, so how does the, that yeah, look? How, how are, yeah. are you singing a song while you're making up this other yeah. song in your oh, yeah. head? Oh yeah. Yeah. So so I'll I'll, I'll hear a chord. Or a chord progression, a shiny object right. in your head, in my head, yeah. And then I'll and then I'll I'll play that. I'll just play on that, and then I'll just make up the words that I go through. It might not okay. make sense initially, <laughs> but 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 the melody is there. Okay. And, and and I'll be honest with you, drunk people don't care what the words are. That's They're, true. They yep. do not. I listen to K-pop music. I don't even speak Korean, yeah. and so <laughs> I'm like I'm like I don't even know what they're saying. I have to go look at it later. Yeah. So point. I get it. Good yeah. point. Mm-hmm. So we have a little piece here of Whiskey and Me, the new track recently released by Jed Hill. I don't know when this became a problem Or when that became a wagon But I fall I don't know when this whole life escaped me And I gave up the minute that I felt any pain Suppose I know the moments I won't go next to that bottle that I loved But by the time you come home I'll have cleaned up my Whiskey and Me by Judd Haley. Judd, what was your inspiration? You said that you were at uh, performing a show and that that just came to you. Yeah. So where was your mind when you're like, this is the story that I need to tell in Whiskey and Me? Without get, without giving away too much, because again, I think that the music is for the listener. So right. I, it, once I write the poetry, Fair enough. It, I'd really, really like people to have their own images in their head. Mm-hmm. I don't like to provide the images too much. Yep. But Whiskey and Me is about addiction. And, right. and, and I have, we've, my family has had uh, long histories with, with addiction. Um, and we lost my aunt a, f- a few years uh, prior to this song coming out. She was in my mind. Right. Now, she struggled with addiction her whole life. And so I think that Whiskey and Me is a statement of uh, people, uh, all kinds of people from all walks of life struggle with something right and they can use that as an excuse as to why the rest of their life doesn't work and i I think that in a shallow perspective once in the song once i get rid of the whiskey right i I can have you back and we'll we'll make it work well you can find uh judd's new song wherever you find your favorite music it's available all over the place now you're talking about images i was Literally, my vision was you on the Grammy stage singing the song. Oh, come on. No, seriously. Like, I could, because I can, does that make sense? I could say. Hey, man, we speak truth to power all the no, time, Judd. No, so. <laughs> Thank you. We, we, we build our own uh, future. So yeah. I saw you performing this at the Grammys. Just, it was one of those moments where you just are just enthralled with what you're watching, whether you're there in person or just looking at it. The words, the melody was, it's on point. Thank you. Um, but to know the deeper story of like you came up with this song on stage is even even what does your band think of that oh that's a good question (laughs) like when you're up there and they're like wait wait we were doing the cha-cha and then all of a sudden (laughs) you're like this way everybody (laughs) yeah the the people i surround myself with are incredible musicians okay they have the ability to 
first of all, they've been with me for a long, long time. Right. So putting this song out there, they know where I'm going to go with it. And it's just because I sit, again, I sit in a a certain uh, musical pattern. I think that they they pick they pick up what I'm putting down. Gotcha. Um, the the guitar player and the piano player uh, on this particular song, uh, Adam Daniel is actually from Minnesota. Yes, he's a, an incredible piano player. He's also the one that played the harmonica there. Jeff King is Reba McIntyre's guitar player. Also Ooh. also plays um, with a, a lot of other big acts. So he's out of Nashville. Uh, I sent this track down to Jeff King. Uh, he put down his guitar parts um, that I got back. Gave it to Adam and right. put on his stuff. So that's yeah. amazing. So when you were, do you ever have Judd as a as an artist? Do you ever go? I thought this was going in one direction, and then it ends up a different product when it's finished. Where you're like amazed what the baby looked like when really? it's done. Yeah, I mean, I'm there right now. That's, okay, I've got Discovery is the name of the album that this song will be on, and uh, we're, I'm in the studio with a song right now that when I wrote it acoustically. Um, I visualized it, I heard it, and, and thought it would go a lot different. And now that it's recorded, I'm struggling with liking the way that it's going. Okay. And so I, I find myself rewriting a little bit of that song. It's got to go on the album. Right. It's got to go on the album. I've only got so many nuggets, you know. Um, and so I'm not willing to give up on it. But Right. It yeah, has to find its place. It's got to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yes, I, I do. I, I often find myself in that position. I think even today with just being a, a regional artist playing in the five-state region. Right. Um, I didn't anticipate being a regional artist. In fact, it, when I was 20, when uh, uh, reality shows were just starting to get, you know, picked up. Yes. I did an MTV show. Uh, it was just, it, it was now looking back, it didn't age well. Right? What, what, you, what, which MTV show did you do, Jed? <laughs> it's, it's, it's called Wait. Bandmates. Okay. And I it, vaguely remember Yeah, that. I'm trying to. <laughs> well, and the idea, the idea was that, you know, somebody would, a host would take out a band. Okay. And a, or the band would take me out, right? And so I went out with a, a band called uh, uh, Lilix. They they wrote the Freaky Friday soundtrack. With okay. Lindsay okay. Lohan. Yep. So anyways, long story short, I thought coming back from my second trip in New York that, hey, yeah. this is my this career. Is this is, I'm yeah. going to go be This a show is going to be huge. Road Rules was yeah. on, right? Uh, the real uh, World was real still world on. Real World was still oh, on. These were, this was a big deal. People were making careers out of it. And then I came back and I, and I saw the show and I realized that, no, that's not the direction <laughs> I want to go. <laughs> what about it did you not enjoy like when you watched it back was it just like the drunken revelry on it did it just not oh, showcase yeah. artists in the way that you wanted them to be showcased what did you yeah think? it was it was most likely that okay it, it was very producer written okay so even though it was a reality show we we're still rehearsing lines in, in quotes gotcha yeah. reality show yeah. well there's so many shows that are like that when you see it and and, and you try to I try to be very forgiving of reality show stars sometimes when they say that because I just think that you should know that if you watch reality shows, you get it that you don't have any control over it and you Only gave them the work parts. Right. Like you gave now, you now gave it them wasn't them. then. It was the wild, wild west then. I mean, okay. Jerry, yeah, was, Jerry Springer was, was still uns- unscripted, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and you are not the father. <laughs> um, um, I had a question for you around. Um, uh, performing on stage and then performing in a studio. Yeah. Um, and again, Shannon is an accomplished comedian. And um, you, when you hear about some of these 
uh, again, I, I'm going to go back to comedy because that's that's the world that I'm most accustomed to. Right. Uh, with Shannon is when you he, he, uh, uh, when you hear like Dave Chappelle's left and he's going to come back and they or Jerry Seinfeld leaves and he comes back, then make those surprise uh, uh, performances happen or to just show up on a stage and just to kind of see how their new um when you're uh, workshopping yeah, a bit. Yeah, when mm-hmm. you're workshopping a bit, you, you want to do it in front of an audience and a surprise. So to you show up at an open mic or a showcase right, someplace, and you, you a do a guest at someplace. Uh, again, that's to kind of see if their new material is going to play yeah. well with the audience. Do you ever find yourself doing that or do you do you just book a show and then you just know that there's going to be a packed house there and because you are the headliner or you are opening for somebody, but people know going in they're going to watch Judd Haley or do you... Sometimes actually go just go an open mic and just kind of yeah. Uh, in the in the music industry, um, there uh, are only a handful of open mics around town that are um, very well attended right by other by other musicians, my peers, and I make it a point to to get out once in a while to do that. But I only have two days off, and I have a I have a family as well. I have right. two little ones and my my beautiful wife and. Mm-hmm. They want me at home sometimes, you know. And it, right. this is a night job. This is this oh, is oh gosh, yes. Entertainment is all. Oh yeah, you know this is night gig. And after, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if if I'm not if I'm not home on on those Mondays and Tuesdays, yeah. I hear about it, you know. Right. So very well planned. Yeah, I get out and and perform some songs. Uh, so when you're booked like regionally, um, let's just say somebody was listening to us right now and they wanted to book you for something, where do they actually go and book you? A good, I mean, it's a good question, but they can go to JuddHaley.com. Okay. And JuddHaley.com, there's a, a contact me page. And it's Judd 1D. 1D, everybody out there. 1D. H-A-I-L-E-Y. That's yes. right. Yeah. So we'll make sure we link to that from yeah. all of our pages as well. And I do encourage them to go and look at, you can see the, the lyric video of Plastic Doll and the videos that are out there and all of the, the, the team of people that keep Judd busy. And you're like, make a thing. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we can yeah. see all of that. So when is the new, do, do you know when the release date of the full album is probably going to be? Yeah, it's going to be summer of 2019 for okay. sure. Okay. All right. So we're going to look for that. And, and in where, the meantime, do, where do currently, where can Besides your website, where other platforms can people consume your content? Yeah, um, Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere you consume music. Um, it, it, my music is on every channel yes. uh, available. So um, if, you, if you can't find my music, you should probably not be using technology. <laughs> That's a great... <laughs> so basically, if you're listening to the show, you should be able to find his music. Exactly. That's right. If you right. work something, that. it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, Jed, well, we appreciate uh, you coming on. And when you get it's the new album out, we hope that you come out again and we can like maybe do like a little, we can have a little listening party. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that'd be great. That, that have would be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we share, encourage everybody to go to your website. It's JudHaley.com. You can also get information on our website. We'll link to uh, all of Judd's information if you go to Be Our Geek on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also find this episode and previous episodes by going to the Twin Cities Film Fest uh, website, which is TwinCitiesFilmFest.org. We have a great screening that's going to be coming up in a couple of weeks now. I just want to make sure that we remind everybody that we have the screening of Blackmore. 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 So tell everybody about that again. Blackmore uh, is, is, was a board game that was created by some Minnesotans, again, going to a bar or whatever. They come up with a board game or sitting in a basement, just friends. 
and that became Dungeons and Dragons. Correct. Mm. So it's the story, it's the inception story of Dungeons and Dragons, and it was Dungeons and Dragons was born in Minnesota. So we're going to have a screening about that particular board game, Blackmore, and it's going to be on Wednesday, May eighth, sponsored by the Twin Cities Film Fest at the Heights Theater. Yeah. Uh, I am actually going to be introducing uh, that of film you and are. doing <laughs> a question and answer with the film producer, yeah. so we can learn about that. I'm very excited about that. You can get information on that as well at our website, TwinCitiesFilmFest.org. So, J- uh, Judd, we really appreciate you being on the show. We hope that you become thank a you. guest and a friend of the show on a regular basis. Yes, I'd love it. Cheers. Yeah. Thank you. So thank you very much, everybody, for listening to this edition of Be Our Geek. Where, oops. Why is that? Like, I didn't do that. <laughs> Let's close again. Yes. Thank you for everybody for listening to Be Our Geek, where everyone's a geek about something. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.